Hello and welcome to episode 149 of Laps Gamer Radio. I'm your host Mark Hamer and Pete Buttigieg is a rat-faced bread criminal. <laughs> Joining me tonight is Andy Piddy. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Long day, but excited to talk about games. I'm buying a house. Congratulations. Finally, I'm finally buying a, buying a house and... Uh, that's a whole lot of nonsense. Yeah, he's taking a step into the um, adult world. Of re- yeah, the responsible adult world. The responsible adult world. Well, uh, you know, I've been a responsible adult for a while, but I decided I'm not going to pay someone else's mortgage anymore. I'll start paying my own. Uh, but it's, it's a hell of a lot of palaver to get it all sorted out. Um, I had some idea, but I didn't realise how much nonsense it is dealing with conveyances and whatnot. And, and I, I don't even, I'm not even having to deal with the chain because uh, me and Zoe are first time buyers and the person whose house we're buying, they're just straight up like moving out to move in with their kids and use the money to build a granny annex. So I haven't even got a chain to deal with, but even so it's a whole lot of bullshit yep. that I'm not looking forward to having to deal with, but I suppose it'd be all right. Just pass it to Zoe. Once it's sorted. Pass it to Zoe. That's what I did. I, no, she's passed it to I, me. I passed it to Michelle. I just left everything with Michelle. She's she's too smart to have to deal with this nonsense. She's like, you just you, you deal with it. You deal with it. All right, fine. Uh, no, you just don't step into so, that muck, mud pie. It's just... Uh. But then, like I said to you uh, yeah. on text, you're going to have to deal with curtains, Ikea visits, <clears throat> Dunnell visits. I know. It's just going to be one thing leading to another. I know. Oh, I'm, I'm figuring maybe if I take care of all of the hard work at the beginning, I can dissuade Zoe from my end of IKEA trips and maybe we can be a bit more sensible. Nope, nope. don't happen. Um, yeah, maybe. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, that's just by way of explaining that if in the not too distant future I disappear for a while, it's because I've bought a house and I haven't got internet. <laughs> it's like another member of a team. He's probably crying in the corner at its moment. He hasn't got internet till two o'clock in the morning, isn't it, Nick? Yeah, yeah, but Nick was uh, possibly going to be joining us tonight, but um, his uh, internet's out and they're not repairing it until like 2am. That sounds like something major. I've had situations like that around here a a few times where people have like um, straight up just like, uh, well it used to be, so like the the big junction, um, I live in a village and all our internet comes from a nearby small town. Uh, and until they put fiber down the road from that town, it used to be copper cable all the way from the exchange up there. Uh, and so people in the dead of night would just dig up sections of the copper cable. <laughs> you know? Um, you so then we'd be, well, you know, it's worth a lot, isn't it? Uh, copper's quite expensive. Um, we thought that would get better once they fitted the fiber optic cable, but it seems that every now and then someone decides they're going to dig up a length of fiber optic cable <laughs> as well. So... I don't know. Is fiber optic cable expensive? Is it worth a lot on the black market? I'm not plugged into that scene yet. The fiber optic sense. No, no. Are you no. not? I thought you I thought you'd be all fiber up, fibered up. Oh, we're fibered up here, but live. no one nicks it here in Leeds. We're all quite respectable. Well, I don't know. I, I've met a few Leeds United fans <laughs> in my life who were not quite so respectable. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, we're here to ostensibly talk about video games. It's probably going to be a short one tonight because neither of us have played that much that we didn't talk about on the last episode. Um, we've got a few things we can talk about. Um, Andy, what have you what have you been dabbling in? Uh, dabbling a few things. Um, continue the further adventures of Dying Light. Um, yeah, still struggling my way through. And I was 
just not enjoying it. It's the problem is for me, it's a fun game. I'm just not I'm struggling with the the way the you move in terms of um, the free flowing type of thing, you know, the parkour type running. Um, I'm also struggling with the fact that when you die, basically it's a tough game. So not only have you got to deal with very a lot very hard enemies, um, which get harder at night, you're also having to deal with that when you die, you lose points on your skill tree. You know, like really, yeah, so you die, you can lose about. 3,800 points sometimes. You do lose quite a lot of points. So every time you die, yep, minus points. And also... So it's not even like a sort of like a Dark Souls-y setup where you uh, like you would lose the, the currency that you would use to, to level up um, if you died, but once you banked it, then it was safe. No, not that I'm aware of. It's not even like no, that? No, no. Once you've spent it, you know, once you reach a level and you've spent it, you've it's safe. But as you try to get to the next level of um of these four different skill options, then you lose it and it's just a bit hassle. And the third thing is just the breakable weapons. I bloody hate breakable weapons. It's just so all of it combined is just becoming a bit of a bind. If you want for the fact that my brother's played through it once and he's sort of guiding me through I probably wouldn't Hmm. I'd have probably left this game a long time ago and at the end of it I was talking to a guy and at work and he's played it he's a bit of a gamer and he was saying played it with four friends because it's four player and right at the end he says Hmm. the last mission you have to do by yourself and so he was playing four people they switched off of the night um, and then he realised he had to play the last mission by himself, and he's never been back to it. That was two years ago. Yeah, I um, so I never bothered with like I, I, those games started to come along. Um, I mean, what's the first one? Dead Island. Um, they started to come yep. on uh, out around about the same sort of time that I was already at, like just done with zombie games i was just fed up with like zombie games mm. zombie movies zombie, like it was, we'd reached peak zombie and i'd had enough of it I'd already bounced off the walking dead and stuff like that and i was just fed up with the whole zombie thing um i probably wouldn't have played them anyway because i'm um, because there's quite a level of like survival horror about them and i uh, don't do well with like first person yeah. survival horror and um the everything i've heard about dying light like uh, the 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 um First person sort of parkour movement and everything's quite good. The, the combat can be a bit wonky, but it's it's quite fun. Um, it's terrifying to go out in the at nighttime. That's when all like the the nasty yeah, zombies are out. Uh, and it's also like the game that kept on giving. Like they just kept on putting out new content for it for ages. They supported it yeah. for a long time. I'm just not interested in it. I am kind of possibly interested in Dying Light Two, um, but yeah. for all of the other stuff that they put in like the the sort of like the you've got these like it, it's more to do with like the groups of settlements uh and Ooh. your effect or your your influence how your influence can affect how those settlements survive or thrive or struggle or whatever um 
they showed a little yeah. bit of like different ways that stuff can play out with a, one particular settlement in a demo at E3, like, I don't know, two years ago or something like that. Um, mm. And that looks really interesting, but I'm still just, uh, I just don't think I'd enjoy it. Well, no, for me, it's just like a slap in the face that you're going to die. Why punish you by losing points of your skill tree? Why To dissuade you from dying, I guess. Well, yeah. But it means that you have to go off and get these points back by killing more zombies, taking more risks. So it pushes you in that way. And breakable weapons, like I said, it's, it's just a trio of things of slapping the faces that <clears throat> you just seem to get. I mean, I played Dead Island and enjoyed it. I really did enjoy Dead Island, so I was hoping better for this. But, um, yeah, I'm a bit, mm, a bit but I'm... Like I said, in about 80-odd percent, nearly 90% of it, and it's just like, I'll just push on for the last 10 and see what mm. happens with the last mission. So there's that. Okay. Um, Metro Exodus, I'm continuing playing with that. Um, mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, I have to go tackle some big catfish at the moment. Um, that's... Okay. That's... Sounds, sounds like Monster it Hunter. It is... Well, it's a bit open world at the moment and you having to creep around avoiding these pack of mutants, dogs and stuff. I'm still not... I don't think it's as strong a story as Last Light. So it still hasn't really grabbed me as such. I'm still finding that thing where it goes, yep, I want to continue playing it for hours upon end rather than I'll play it for an hour and then I'll play something else. So that's a continuation. Um, the other two games... I have played which are new. Um, I went back to Overcooked and I played the Last Morsel DLC. Okay. Which is the. It's those two couple of DLCs for Overcooked. One of them was a winter one, which I, or a Christmas one, which I'd gone to. And the other mm-hmm. one, Brother, came around the other week and we sort of just started playing through six levels of the Last Morsel, um, which is, adds more chefs, more wackiness. Mm-hmm. Makes it more difficult. I'm pretty sure I played through that one as well. Yeah. Um, I didn't play through as much of uh, Overcooked one as I did of Overcooked mm. two because uh, I missed. It really did miss that um, that online capability that they put in in the second yeah. one. I mean, but, um, I played Overcooked one, so <clears throat> I'm just going through the DLC. Just make sure to see every single level. What I like about this one is. You just need a star to unlock the next level rather than the main campaign where you needed like a certain number of stars to achieve to unlock certain levels. You only need to unlock once, get one star on one level, you've unlocked the next level. There's only six levels on it, it's mm. a lot of fun. So, enjoyed that. Probably got one level to do with that, and then that can be ticked off. Um, um, me and Zoe at EGX the other year, or possibly Rezzed last year, uh, I think it might have been Rezzed actually, you played a game called um, Catastronauts. Oh yes, I've heard of it. you ever heard yes, of that? It. Yeah, it's basically, it's a, s- a similar sort of um, setup to Overcooked, but you're you're running around inside a spaceship basically, um, to like control the different systems in the ship between a group of people putting out fires, fixing hull breaches, and so on and so forth. Um, I haven't played the full game. I only played, you know, a couple of levels of it at EGX, but that seemed like a pretty cool little 
co-op game in this in the same yeah, sort of vein I mean, as uh, as Overcooked. Not not the same developers. Yeah. I don't. I, I said when I, I sat down, one of the developers was there when we started playing it. And I was like, oh, it's just like Overcooked, and I, I'd, like they must have heard that comparison a lot, but I don't think they were happy about it. <laughs> well, yeah, you're going to get compared to something else if you come out with something gameplay, aren't you? So it's natural. Mm-hmm. So even though you might have thought of the idea first, but you didn't come out first. So yeah, that's one of those things. But yeah, I'll probably look for that. Yeah, Overcooked's real good. Like I talked about uh, recently, it, it's um, sometimes when the levels get incredibly frantic, uh, and you've got like three people who you're playing with shouting at you to get like, oh, I'm doing, you know, everyone it gets a bit frantic. Sometimes it like, and it sounds really dumb, but it makes my anxiety flare up. Right. Um, sometimes. Uh, so there's been there's been times where I've just had to like do like you know I, I can't play this anymore. Um, but yeah, it's it's a it's a real fun game yeah. and like super charming and just really inventive. Um, if you it's it's a very very different game but along a similar sort of theme. I'd recommend a game called um, Automa Chef. Okay. Which is like a similar sort of premise of like cooking meals. But it's not multiplayer, and it's not real time. Right. It's you're uh, you're basically uh, in a world. You're, you're working for a robot who wants to replace all humans with automated systems in, in like in kitchens, <laughs> and so you have to build production lines to and like put in like logic steps and things like that to be able to uh, create certain number of meals from the right components without using too many ingredients without using too much energy with like limited space in the kitchen so it's like very very different in terms of gameplay but it i don't know it it, it reminds me of overcooked as well oh. because of the, the aesthetic and like the cooking thing but um if you like if you like um logistics mm. <laughs> in a video game <laughs> uh, it's worth checking out i'll have a look at that mm. but it's overcooked Brilliant. I highly yeah. recommended whatever one or one. I will get two, but um, yeah, it's highly recommended. I'd say if you've got the choice of both, go for two just for, for the just for um, the online, online multiplayer. Yeah. yeah. Um, the other game I've been playing is based on the bar game. Um, I've been playing that on the mobile phone. It's called Nords of Waterdeep. Um, this is you can play on a tablet or your mobile. It's set in the Dungeons and Dragons world. And the city of Waterdeep. Here, you um, play as one of the lords of Waterdeep, and basically, you have a set number of men that you sent out. You send out to do to do get either fighters for yourself, paladins, um, clerics, rogues. You collect these and you use these to complete quests. Um, complete quests gets you points, gets you um, more resources, and essentially you do that. You can play up to gets to five five players. Um, there's a couple of expansion packs which I haven't got yet, um, but it is a very very accurate um, copy of the tabletop game, which is really good as it's as an entrance level bar game. And just what we call a worker placement, where you send out workers to get your stuff. Um, really good. Um, 
haven't played it online yet, just played against the AI. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of fun. We played okay. that, that a few few times. The only thing I will say is the writing might be a bit too small for a mobile. Um, it's probably better fit to a tablet um, in terms of reading the cards. What you can because there's ways you can basically dick people over and give them quests that they have to complete, called mandatory quests, or you can take stuff off them. There's a lot of mobile games that you can play on phone, but I wouldn't ever consider playing on phone. Mm. Gwent, Hearthstone, games like that. Um, Ticket to Ride and games like that, I would never consider playing on a phone. Ticket to Ride is good. Ticket Ticket to Ride, the thing with Ticket to Ride, there's no real need for you to read lots of things. No, but I'd like to be able to see the board. Right. Um, Um, Without having to put my glasses on. Well, I suppose, but it works on... Works on my phone. I've played it on my mobile quite a bit. Yeah. Um, this one, it's because sometimes you have to read um, either the quest cards, what you're trying to complete, and some of them will give you ongoing abilities throughout the game, or you try and trick, um, get some intrigue cards, which allows you to basically dick off the players over, which is fun, um, or get extra things. Um, but it's for writing. Sometimes you have I have trouble with. Um, especially on a mobile screen. So that's probably where it's better suited to tablets. But really, really good game. Um, a lot of fun. Um, perfect way to, if you're not a board gamer, but you're a video gamer and you want to see what board games offer, this is a good, very, very good um, adaption of, it, of the game. Okay. I'd recommend this. Cool. All right. That's about it, really. Mm, it's been slow. slow. It's only been two weeks since the last pod, so it's not as if I've had loads of time. I've been working my way through the Harry Potter films, actually. Oh, God. No, I just um, I've, uh, I, okay, I watched, half watched, because on in the background, the first one, mm. years ago, uh, in a chalet in Canada when I was snowboarding, and then a girlfriend at the time dragged me to the cinema to see the fourth one, completely out of context. <laughs> she really wanted to see it, uh, and I hadn't seen any of them. And she duped me by saying, oh, you'll like it. It's got Gary Oldman in. Uh, and then his character dies. Yep. And I swore I'd never go and watch another one of those films again. Um, but. I've watched, I've watched them once, and I wanted to rewatch them, see what they're like. And they sure, do they're get they're very well made. They do get um, And the people who love them, they absolutely love them. Mm. You know, I haven't, I haven't got time for that. I haven't got time for that. I've got too many. I've got too many episodes of RuPaul's Drag Race to catch up on. Uh, yeah, and I'm still watching the Civil War. I'm on episode six. Very, okay. very good. Okay. Oh, the Ken Burns thing. Yeah, yeah. brilliant. Yeah, uh, it, absolutely incredible. Um, I've been. I need to get back on it because I stopped for a while. But I was watching uh, the one about the Second World War, uh, uh, and it's it's not like you know most other World War films. Uh, World War documentaries are kind of like a comprehensive. Like it's not like the World at War. Where it's like here's everything, pretty much everything that happened. Mm. It like frames it in terms of like um, American involvement in the Second World War, but from the viewpoint of four towns. So, like, people who fought 
um, the people who left behind and so on from four towns. Um, three of them were mostly like people who went off to war. The fourth one is Mobile, Alabama, right. which became like, well, uh, an industry center for the American war machine, like building arms and ammunition and boats and everything for the, for the war. Um, but it's also during like the Jim Crow South when there was segregation mm. and white people weren't happy about having to work in the factories with the black people and they Whoa. definitely weren't happy if black people were getting better jobs than the white people <laughs> and so on and so forth. And so they ended up having to have like segregated factories and whatnot and the whole, t- it, it was just nasty. Uh, and in like the the way that Ken Burns does so well, he just does not pull any punches. Yeah. He doesn't glorify America at all. He's like telling it as it was, as ugly as it was. Yeah. How um, many episodes is it? The War? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. It's, it's about. I think it's about the same sort of length as yeah. um, as uh, the Civil War because the Vietnam War was about the same as well. Yeah, it's just um, uh, depends how long I've got because I think I want to watch a Prohibition one. Mm-hmm. Um, Prohibition, the Roosevelt one, and the West Civil War. Yeah. And the Second World War are all leaving Netflix. Oh, so the West is sticking around for a while because I want to watch that one as well. I'm a sucker yeah. for the Wild West. The West is sticking and around. I, so. I want to see uh, his like unglorified warts and all tale of the Wild West. I want to see that. I want to see the baseball one as well. Yeah, he's done baseball. He's done a history of country music, which yeah. mm, um, mm, I don't really like country music at all. Uh, he's done one like the history of the cinema. Oh, the cinema uh, history of the circus from like P.T. Barnum onwards. Um, yeah, he's a real good documentarian. But uh, of all the ones I've seen so far, the Civil War is still like the high watermark for me. Yeah, uh, the Vietnam War one is incredible, but it's just something about that conflict and the way that he frames it and puts it together is just. Um, so I think there's a lot to do with. I don't know who the narrator is, but his just his voice and diction and everything during the Civil War documentary series yeah, is fantastic. Yeah, it's really yeah. good. I think because it's from 1990 and early yeah. 90s, yeah. yeah, and it's it's nuts, right? So it's PBS, which is like um, probably most famous for being the station that Sesame Street's on. Mm. It's like public service broadcaster, but America doesn't have like a TV license, so it gets some government funding, but the Republicans are always trying to cut it because mm. they don't like the idea of it, um, and so they have to like ask for like donations as well so a lot of it's like funded by companies and think tanks and charities and whatnot and so they're always operating on a shoestring and but when that documentary came out i know it was like in the early 90s when there was perhaps quite not got so many channels about but something ridiculous like like i can't remember what the exact number was but it was millions and millions of people watched it when it first aired millions of people watching a like quite dry yeah. documentary series about the American Civil War is nuts. But I know. Anyway. We digress. We're digressing again. Um, what have we been playing? Um, more Destiny. Um, <clears throat> there's this new thing called the uh, Empyrean Foundation, which is coming, which is, so all the way through the season has been like these obelisks dotted around in four locations um, where you could you pick up bounties to do quests and you would earn this currency and then you'd use the currency to level up the obelisks and then from those level ups you would get perks which would mean you get more of this currency which you would then use to level up the, the, the obelisks further um, to be able to like um, purchase bounties to earn 
particular weapons and you're like you know you're always doing these weapon bounties over and over again hoping that that particular weapon will drop with like the god roll the perfect set of perks on it <laughs> um but what they've introduced now is a thing called the Empyrean Foundation, which is like a <clears throat> there's a separate obelisk in the tower, like the main social area, which can which is linked to the other four, and you make donations to it of your of this of this currency is called uh, Fractaline, um, and there's the Empyrean Foundation is a community challenge. There's like increasing levels of targets of amount of fractaline that the community as a whole needs to, to um, uh, donate to the, the 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 obelisks, and then as it goes on, things will more things will unlock, and there's rumours that if they hit a certain number, we may get a, a particular type of multiplayer mode, which was. <sighs> For some reason, well-loved. I really didn't like it that much, but that's because I sucked at it, called um, Trials of Osiris, which was like you had a ticket with a certain number of markers on it, and you would go in three... uh, It was three-on-three elimination back when it was in um, Destiny 1. Um, So you'd go in... uh, Your team has a certain number of lives. Uh, No, it wasn't even lives. It was like um, if you were killed, then your teammate would have to revive you. Uh, if your team get wiped out, the other team wins that round. And you have a certain number of rounds. Um, you need a certain number of uh, rounds, one to win the match or whatever. And then, so you'd have like, and then you get a win on your ticket. Right. Uh, after a certain number of lost matches, then you're, that was it. Your ticket's defunct and you couldn't compete anymore. Um, and you, or you'd get like a, I can't remember exactly how it works. I'm probably misremembering all this, but all I remember is there was one for, yeah, I think it was like seven match. If you got seven, uh, a flawless ticket run of seven, one matches, then you got to a, go to a unique place called the lighthouse that had and earn like some very prestigious weapons and armor that you could then flash about because you're the dog's bollocks at this <laughs> crucible mode and other people didn't have it. And people think that that might be coming back because this whole season's to do with Osiris and another character linked to him and so on. I'm not going to bore you with more details because I talk about Destiny too much. Um, <laughs> Monster in the World, Iceborne, I have seen the credits roll. Whoa. So I am now in the real Monster Hunter Iceborne, uh, the endgame stuff. Uh, I've, I haven't played too much of it because I've been too busy um, the last uh, few days. But um, yeah, I'm in the, the final bit of that, the, the last boss... Uh, of the main game, um, the main Iceborne campaign, it's real tough. Um, <clears throat> I've, you know, I've I've struggled with with fights in that game from time to time, and you know, mm. I've I've carted a few times. This one, I like straight up failed six times in a row before I finally beat it. Did you need help, uh, or is it just that's what, that was with help? Mm. It's just it's just a brutal fight, uh, and you only get like a certain number of of, of faints but they call it it's like you don't die in that game if your health bar is depleted you faint right. and your your little palico your your cat character like will cart you back to will like drag you along in a little wooden cart back to the nearest campsite so it's just known <laughs> as it's just the community just call it carting so um you can you only get a certain number of carts before the mission just fails and you have to before start you, over again before you cat just leaves you there as a you just crap. You, you no, just crap it's just like uh, it's, but it's no, it's it's a, a certain number of feints for uh, 
the entire fight. So that that's like that's it doesn't increase the number of cuts you can have if you have more people in your fight. So with some fights, some of the harder fights, sometimes it's easier to do it on your own because like you haven't got anyone else to divide the monster's attention, but you haven't got other people fainting and you know jeopardizing your chance to actually finish the fight. If you know what I mean. Yeah. So like adding adding people in can sometimes make the fight a lot easier because the monster's attention is divided like four ways if you've got a full team. But it also means there's four times as many people to accidentally get knocked out and potentially Fate. end the, the yeah, yeah to potentially like fail the quest. Um, so yeah, six times in a row uh, I failed it before <laughs> I finally beat it. But st- still love it. Still love that game. Um, yeah. What else have we been playing? I uh, yeah, talk about some more interesting stuff. I played um, a couple of matches of the open beta. I need. I, I noticed that it was up on the dashboard uh, on PlayStation and um, oh, sorry, on the top screen on the store. So I downloaded it. A game called Disintegration. Um, it's, by, it's by a small studio set up by one of the original creators, or the original team behind Halo. Right. Um, I read about this in Edge a while ago, uh, and it sounded kind of interesting, so I was eager to jump into it. So it's basically like... Um, it's hard to explain. I'll, I'll, I'll explain what a match is like. So basically, <sighs> you, you control a character in like a sort of hover ship you're playing in first person um so you can fly around you know strafe left and right go up and down move forward right like a little hover ship moving around the level mm-hmm. um there's just there's like a you can only go so high before it won't let you go any higher or whatever um and you uh also have like a small squad of like three ai units on the ground and each team will be made up of like uh, you know, a set number of players controlling hover ships, and each one of those has got three little units on the ground. And then you'll have an enemy team the same number. And you'll have, like, control points that you need to go and capture. And so you're in- engaged in a sort of, like, first-person hover ship combat against the other players uh, and the ground troops, whilst also controlling your ground troops, like, Directing them where to go, telling them when to use special abilities, recalling them, healing them, reviving them if they die and whatnot. Mm. And it's it's just a really interesting concept. Yeah, it. Uh, for a multiplayer game, which means like I was saying in the chat, it's like it's a really interesting concept, which means it's probably destined to fail <laughs> because it's not the it's same not the old stuff. Yeah. It's not the norm. It's different. Whenever someone tries to do something different, like Battleborn, like Oh well, I, I'm giving bad examples because I was going to say Evolve as well. And both Battleborn and Evolve had wider problems beyond people not understanding what they were. Um, actually, a better example would be I was chatting to a friend about this the other week. Do you remember Lawbreakers? Yes, was that the uh, Cliffy B? Yes, the Cliff Brzezinski yes. game, yeah. which was a really good um, sort of. Um, Quake 3 arena, Unreal Tournament style Ooh. arena shooter, um, but with like elements of like zero gravity and stuff like that. And it was also different characters played in different ways. So it was sort of like yeah. hero based, like an Overwatch sort of game. Yeah, I mean, 
but it was fairly straightforward um but like really really fun but because cliff Blazinski is um i can't put it politely he's a bit of a prat yeah. uh and doesn't he's not very good at explaining he well he wasn't very good at explaining what the hell this game was uh and maybe probably overcomplicated and overconfused it and like, he he just kept on throwing out loads of words about what the game was and he kept on referring to it as like the dark souls of first person shooters and all this nonsense it's just like just say it's quake 3 arena just say it's that um because that's pretty much what it was and it was real good but because it was a little bit different and nobody quite understood what he was trying to sell and it wasn't marketed particularly well it just died on its ass and then they turned the servers off and then the studio closed down um i mean so i hope been, that you, doesn't happen <laughs> yeah i mean he's been tweeting about it this week i think he blamed the characters of people not understanding the different characters or oh, stuff he really just needs to just just stop yeah, he just needs to just, s- just needs to stop. Just needs to go party with his wife and her girlfriends and just enjoy that. We looked him up actually when we were chatting about it. He is now in the theatre business. Is it? Yeah, and he runs a couple of restaurants. Um, and he's going to write a book. Um, or he's writing a book, and then I read what he described it as, and I was just like, oh, just go f- yourself, Cliff. He's <laughs> described it as like the. Um, he described it as the uh, kitchen confidential of video game books. Uh, I started name dropping. Um, uh, Kitchen Confidential was the the book that Anthony Bourdain wrote about what it's like to work in a right. you know in a in a kitchen in like a high class restaurant. Mm. I think it was called Kitchen Confidential. I'm pretty sure that was what it's called. And it's like he just started name dropping um, Anthony Bourdain. It's like, sorry man, you are not Anthony Bourdain. You are not the Anthony Bourdain of video games. Shut the fuck up. Um, yeah, anyway, um disintegration seems really neat. Uh it had it was it was, it was obviously still in development. There was lots of like frame hitches and some lag issues. Uh and it needs a little bit of polishing. Um it doesn't the tutorial is quite comprehensive, but it still doesn't explain like you you get thrown into a tutorial with one particular type of hover ship and one particular type of squad and it teaches you how to use them and then you go into a match and you've got like loads of different types <laughs> and each of them's got different weapons and different power-ups and bonuses and stuff like that and it doesn't explain any of that at all and so I I picked one at random and I had no idea what the hell I was doing with it um <clears throat> but it seems really neat uh, which means like I said means it's probably destined to fail uh I played um I've been wanting to pick up for ages, but it's never quite dropped to the right point. Um, Wreckfest. Oh, I want that uh, as well. Yeah. Uh, and just to cement the fact that I do still want to get it, I played the demo because you can play like uh, 60 minutes of the game uh, on uh, Xbox One. It's just, it just, it's just mm. the full game, but you can only play it for 60 minutes. Uh, and then it will kick you out. And so I just jumped straight into the campaign and it's, it's kind of neat. It's like different types of, of different types of event that you earn points in, and then the more points you get, the, the more events you can unlock. Mm. And it was like ranging from demolition derby in a big loop with like armored sit-on lawnmowers, um, <laughs> through to like proper demolition derbies, through to like the you know they have those races, those dem- demolition derby races on like a figure of eight circle. Yeah, yeah. But like the track doesn't doesn't have an overpass 
and the crossover bit, it just crosses over itself. And so you've got cars like T-boning each other. Um, yeah, lots of lots of crazy events. Um, it feels pretty good to play. It's quite arcadey, um, but there's just enough of like having to think about when to apply your brakes and whatnot to make it not like Ridge Racer or anything like that. It's it seems pretty fun. Um, pretty solid yeah, damage and like physics engine in there. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're looking for a game to replace Demolition Derby 2 on the PS1. Yeah, so. I mean, they added in some Demolition Derby stuff into The Crew 2, yeah. uh, but the online in that game is dead, so... Um, and it doesn't feel as good to drive as Wreckfest did. I would say, uh, if you do pick it up, the first thing you should do is go into the menu and turn the music off, because it is awful. <laughs> it is a real bad soundtrack. Um, yeah, it seems pretty fun. Um um, in an hour, you don't really get enough time to dig into it. But I was like no. earning parts right. for like races. So I think you can like upgrade your your vehicles, customize them, redo your paint jobs and whatnot. Um, one of the races I did, everyone was driving around on motorized sofas. That was <laughs> that was kind of interesting. It's just not. It's just it's just kind of fun. Um, yeah. It's by Bugbear, I want to say, which. The, the flat out games. Or I don't know. The only Bugbear game I ever played was um, Ridge Racer Unbounded, mm. which is when Namco decided to give the Ridge Racer franchise to this studio from Iceland, and they kind of made Burnout instead. Uh, and it wasn't as good as Ridge Racer or Burnout. Um, but yeah, this game seems pretty neat. I would like to play some more of it, but I will wait until it comes down in price because it's still it's a little bit rough around the edges. Little yeah. things like the steering wheel moves, but your character's hands don't. Right. Their arms are just stuck out in front of them, and the steering wheel moves independently of their hands. Little things like that. It's like just a little lack of polish around the edges, but I can kind of forgive it because, you know, it's kind of fun. And I think it's, I think even at full price, it's not like a full price game. So. Yeah. You know, whatever. Yeah, uh, and the only other thing I've really been playing is Indivisible, um, which uh, I can't remember the name of the studio, um, but they made a lovely fighting game called Skullgirls that uh, I've talked about before on the podcast, and cool. me and Connor have played for Fortnightly Fisticuffs, so go and check out the YouTube channel if you wanted to see some of that. But this is like a Metroidvania sort of game, but it's also a like squad RPG game that's got yeah. some turn-based elements, but instead of like, you know, queuing up attacks or anything like that, it's like each character that you have in your squad corresponds to one of the face buttons on the controller. Okay. And you're like, you tap the, the button to input an attack from one of those characters. And then like they, like those attacks recharge, uh, on a timer. Um, but then you also press the button for the corresponding character who's being attacked uh, at the right time to block an attack. But then it's also like inputting a direction on the D-pad whilst doing an, uh, one of the attacks will do a different sort of attack. So it's like there's elements of fighting game in there, which you'd mm. expect from a studio that's made fighting games. Um, and yeah, it's it's real neat. I love the art style. Um, the, the the Metroidvania platforming stuff is really good. Oh. I've already gotten lost a few times, which is <laughs> you know uh, it's probably a good sign in that sort of game. 
Um, there's a decent level of complexity to the to the levels, uh, and the the combat's good, fun. Um, yeah, I'm digging that. Uh, and I downloaded a Plague Tale, but I haven't played any of it yet. Right. So this one, do you reckon you can complete? Do you reckon you can complete it? Indivisible. Yeah. Maybe it's the sort of game I really like. Um, I played lots of variants of uh, Metroidvanias. Mm. Um, I didn't get on quite so well with Bloodstained Curse of the Moon or whatever it was, mm. um, which was like the Castlevania by another name. The game recently, but like That's I played all of like Guacamelee and absolutely mm. loved it, uh, and other Metroidvania style games. This is a different twist on, on that. Um, yeah, I think I'll, I'll I'll keep at it. I'm enjoying it so far. Cool. Um, oh no, I have played. I did play something actually. I played a bit of her story. You ever played that? Heard it. Want to play it? Yeah, it's it's odd. It's like it's kind of a game, but not really a game. Um, mm. You load it up and you're presented with a like a uh, a fake desktop of a computer with an open program. Um, where you search a database of video clips of yeah. a series of interviews with a woman and you search through them by typing in keywords and then mm. it'll bring up all the short clips in which that word was mentioned by the subject. Yeah. And you have to piece together what, what first of all, what she was brought into. Well, it kind of, t- but when you load it up, the the keyword murder is already typed in. Right. So if you hit enter, it'll bring up all the clips or, or so the first lot of clips where the word murder is mentioned. Sometimes there's more, but it can only bring up five at a time, whatever it is. And so you have to add in more keywords to, you know, refine your search. Uh, so you, you, already, you already know it's something to do with the murder investigation, but you have no idea who this person is, who's been murdered, their relationship to this person or anything. And so you're slowly trying to piece it together. Um, but... It's kind of weird. It's like you watch these clips and then I have to have like a notepad next to me and start like taking notes and keeping like a timeline of what's of what I think has happened. Yeah. Um, but I don't know whether the game itself is going to present me with like a, you did it, you solved the, the, <laughs> the mystery screen or whether it's just like I, I just keep watching these videos and piecing together this timeline until I'm satisfied and know what happened and then I'm done with it. I don't know how that works. I have no um, idea. No, I heard it's good though. I heard it's good. It's quite it's, tight. Yeah, it's real neat. I'm I'm really enjoying it. I know I can understand why the game came out in like 2015, and I can understand why everyone went nuts about it because it's it's so different to mm. to any other sort of like narrative, like visual narrative sort of game I've played before. Uh, so yeah, I'm really digging that. But that's about it. That's about oh. all I've been playing. A wide variance there. Well, hmm. Yeah. I'm gonna go back and play some more Indivisible for sure, and I'm gonna play some um, Play Tale. Uh, and next time the um, disintegration beta is open again, I will jump in and try that out again because my interest is peaked with that. It's kind of like, yeah, like first-person shooter meets real-time strategy. Yeah, in a way. Something, something, something like that will grab your mm. interest. I mean, like myself, myself I'm going to go back to Lords of Waterdeep. That's just because you can knock a game off in 10 minutes, really. Yeah, one of those yeah, things, yeah. and yeah. Overcut, where we're visiting Metro Exodus, I'm going to plod on with that. Is that still on Game Pass? 
Uh, is it this? I am not sure. It might okay. be. It's worth right. playing. It's, it's worth giving it a go. Well, I played the first two. I might as well play the third one. Why not? And I'll tell you what, you better get quick because I was going to play Shadow of the Tomb Raider on Game Pass and that's leaving this month. Yes, uh, yeah, I saw it's leaving. Yeah. If you just, uh, that's the one thing about this Game Pass thing. When the games leave, you know. Yeah, at least like the Xbox exclusives stay on there indefinitely. Yeah, you got that. But there's not that many of them. No. <laughs> yeah. No, but I mean, I will play Gears 5, we'll give that a go. But it's something you just like to say, hey, you're going to have this for 12 months. You'd be like, okay, I've got 12 months to play this game. Yeah, and then, cause I think Kotor's on there, is it? Is Kotor still there? Yeah, Kotor's still there. Yeah, we'll have to play that. It's one of those things where before they bring out the new Kotor, or so called. Yeah, I uh, I still don't believe that rumour. No? No. Ah, well. I've, had, play- I've got my hopes up before and I've been hurt, mm. so I don't want to believe that rumour. Right. You just reject it. I just reject it until it's uh, like until it's official. Hmm. They even then, you know what EA are like, and Bioware yeah. are not in the best position these days. I will, I will assume that it's not. We're not going to get a new Kotor until it's in, until it's physically in my hands, <laughs> and then I'll believe them. It might be digitally in your hands. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> All right, should we bring this to a close? I tell you what, no, come on. There's one piece of news I do want to discuss, sir. So. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. I want to say Phil Spencer today comments. Do you hear what he said? Oh, yeah, he believes that uh, in the future that their competitors will be Google and Amazon, not yeah. Nintendo and uh, and Sony. Um, yeah. Well, they're kind of, I mean, they're the project's xCloud, is that it? I don't think it's yeah. got an official name yet, still. Um, there's uh, cloud or whatever it is. Yeah, I, I can see where they're where he's coming from with that because they're trying to they're getting more into like the services thing. Mm. It's like games. Um, there's still those rumblings about um, some sort of Game Pass, possibly with streaming capabilities going to the Switch because like yeah. um, Ori and the Blind Forest and Cuphead, like two Xbox exclusive games, are also available on the Switch, which is nuts. Um, they've got a good relationship going with Nintendo at the moment mm. um, and they've got this Project xCloud thing Game Pass is the thing that's shifting Xboxes at the moment it seems Not it's obviously not, it's not their though. games but it's like people are more excited about Game Pass than they are about uh, you know Xbox games mm. so why not I, I, I guess I, I can see where he's coming from to be honest yeah, um, they're becoming more of a service platform <clears throat> than a, you know, than a console maker. I mean, thing is, they did say the stream is not going to take over the next console. The console, next console is going to be basically a physical. Um, it's not going to be really. It'll be partly streamed games across it, but it's going to be focused mainly on the digital and physical realm. Yeah, it, it's two things, isn't there? You've got all the do you are Google and Amazon going to be able to get the games on their systems? You know they've got the network. We know Amazon have got the network. You know they've got Google, they've got the network. Even though Stadia's sort of 
Stadia's a mess. Stadia's yeah. dying already. Mm. Like Stadia, it 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 had a rough start, and it just doesn't seem to be going anywhere. No. Um, the people who've got it are disappointed. Mm. Uh, the people who don't have it aren't interested in getting it. It's True. just flopped. It seems already, and I know it's not like the 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 the, the, the um, service could improve, but first impressions last. Yeah. And the first impression of Google Stadia was it was a bit of a hot mess. Games like even people with like gigabit connections were not being able to stream games at higher than 1080p. Multiplayer games that, well, it, it was weird. They one of the first multiplayer games they put on that was a fighting game with sort of thing that relies on like super low latency, and then mm. doing that over a streaming service just seems like a bad idea. Multiplayer games were nobody was nobody's playing it because there's well, not enough people on there. Yeah, I think like versions of Destiny were like three, four versions behind the yeah. ones that you get on the PS4 and the Xbox mm-hmm. itself. So And uh, you couldn't get into any matches of Gambit or Crucible mm. because nobody was online playing it. Um, it's, it's not been good. Um, I don't know if Amazon at this point whether they're that bothered about getting into that, that scene, really. Mm. Because, I don't know, they probably looked at what happened with Google and went, <laughs> yeah, no thanks. No, we'll just stick with mobile gaming or the mobile store. Yes. Yeah, it, it is interesting. It is interesting. The thing is with Sony as well, they've got the PS Now. The PS Now is quite, it makes up 14% of something crazy of their figures, um, profits or something. Mm. So it's a massive thing. It just seems. You know, like you said, it's games for a service, but you need the games. You know, it's no good just saying, oh, we're offering these services. You do need the games to come to you. Yeah. Um, and well, you de- Microsoft do own a lot of game studios now. They bought up a bunch. Remember they had, it was E3 yeah, year before last, where they were like, yeah. here's all these studios we now own. Yeah. And the, like big have, names like Obsidian. Yeah. But we have said it's going to be about two years before there's an Xbox One X exclusive. Yes. Uh, well, I don't know. Um, maybe there would be before then. Um, uh, I don't know, actually. I don't know. Um, but they own some kind of exciting studios like, like Obsidian and um, Double Fine. Yeah. Uh, and a bunch of other studios. Um they're probably getting up to the same sort of level of first-party studios that Sony has. Mm. Um, but time will tell when it comes to that. This generation, they really have struggled with exclusives. Yeah. Really struggled. Uh, I can't think of that many that were that exciting. Cuphead. Um, Pretty to look at. I heard it's too hard. Don't want to play it. It is too hard. Um, yeah, I'm struggling even now to think of, of um, Xbox exclusives that made me excited. Uh, uh, Sunset Overdrive was kind of cool. Yeah, I'll um, play that. Yeah, and that was that was kind of different, but you know what I mean. Um, and so I don't know. Um, it'll be weird. To, I'm I'm interested to see it more more so than I am to get a next gen console. I'm interested to see how. The who gets a like head start? Who gets a like the the lead? Yeah, because that seems to be 
how at least this, how the last generation this generation went it's like whoever gets the good start will mm. be the one that's in front for that generation I mean one of the things people say oh you know Xbox got advantage because of a game pass which is a good deal but if you don't need a new console to play game pass why would you buy drop for nearly 450 500 quid because you can't stream on game pass so you wouldn't be able to play those games mm. like the you wouldn't be able the, the a lot of like first party games when they do come out they say will be playable on xbox one x and xbox series x mm. gotta to want to play it on like a new console to get it in like the highest for de- well, not just fidelity graphical fidelity because Apparently, these new consoles are going to be the first ones that have like distinct CPU and GPU, yeah. rather than like a combined thing. It's more than just the graphics; it's also the the processing power of like what the consoles mm. can actually do in terms of like AI and stuff like that. Whatever, you know what I mean. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, um, you could always just get a PC and get Game Pass on your PC. Oh, that new um, GeForce NVIDIA now. Does it have Game Pass on it? It's got, um, basically, it attaches to your Steam library, doesn't it? And basically, you can play. Yeah. But I'm talking, like, in terms of, like, Microsoft um, services. Um, They've got Game Pass on PC as well. Uh, So, any any games from Game Pass that are also on PC will be on the, uh, you know, Mm. Game Pass PC. It's going to be interesting anyway, isn't it? Got my email through. Want to register for the PS5? I was like, okay, I will not register yet, but I'll keep an eye on it. I'm ready to drop 450 this year to the new console. Yeah, I'll be interested to see when they if they announce the price points when they'll be. Well, they're waiting out. They're waiting for um, Microsoft to announce first. Do you reckon? It was in their um, briefings. You know, you got all these um, profit briefings and you know, to the shareholders. It was something they just were essentially read between the lines. If we are not announcing the PS price for PS5, because we are waiting for our competitors. Okay. Hmm. So. so that's what happened last time, wasn't it? Yeah. They, um, 50 the Xbox, Xbox had their conference first at E3 that year, yeah. and they announced their price, and then Sony News was like, the next day, I think, or was it yeah. later that day? And they were later like, Ours is cheaper. Yeah. Uh, or, or it might have been the same price. I can't remember. I think it was a little bit cheaper. Ours is cheaper. And here's this funny video with Adam Boys and Shiyoshida yeah. showing how you share games with your friends. Yeah. Um, I don't, there'll be none of that this year because they're not so, at E3. No. But do they need to be? No. They don't. No. They don't at all. It's just going to be loads of press conferences about the PS5. Loads of, they're going to be everywhere. Mm-hmm. Anything else you want to chat about? Yeah, uh, they've done. They look foolish. Eight to ten million copies of um, Jedi Fallen Order single player sales. Yeah, but people don't like single player games though. Who, who told EA that though? Uh, EA told their shareholders that, which is yeah. why they had to have each of their games had to be a game as a service. Yeah, but the analytics people were told EA that the upper management, you know. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like EA told their shareholders that. Yeah. Um, and their shareholders told them, well, keep making those, don't make those single player games. I'm like, we need my microtransactions or whatnot. But but also, uh, th- 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 this is a different situation, I think. It may have been like, they may have been lent on by Disney, being like, yeah. 
yo, like you got this license. Um, Use it's it. It's our license. Stop f***ing it up. Yep. What the fuck a Star Wars single player Star Wars game would sell? Made by a competent studio. Yep. Yeah. But yeah. Um, that game's. Have you played it? Nope. Not got it. It's neat. Cool. That's I good. will play it. I will wait for it to come down bracket down in price, like all games do these days. Yeah. It's not perfect, but it's cool. I've only got the license for two more years, I think. Anyway, so what can we do in two years? I don't know. Who would you give? Who would you give the? Okay, hypothetical. If you could give mm. this uh, the license to any, and like be a really realistic, it's got to be like a big publisher, right? Who would you give it to? Right. So you have it. It's Activision, Ubisoft, uh, Ubisoft. That would be my answer as well. I think, um, but I'd be worried that they would just make Star Wars Far Cry, Star Wars Assassin's Creed. Yeah, Star Wars Assassin's Creed. But like they're the 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 big publisher that at least takes some risks from time to time yeah. and like makes tries to make interesting games. I mean yeah. they always they end up making the same game over and over again, but yeah. a- around the edges they make some interesting games because I remember they they brought out like Child of Light and uh that um uh, Valiant Hearts uh and Grow home, uh, and they're putting out that um, gods and monsters, yeah. Uh, and they did Star Trek um, Bridge Commander, yeah, didn't they? they did. Yeah. So did they put out some interesting games around the edge. Yeah, I think I think Ubisoft. You know, yeah, you could have be a crew light with maybe the um, speed bikes or. Um, Pod racing across you know, a oh, world. Don't say pod racing, man. Pod racing, not pod racing. No, no, that's what I mean. Don't say yeah. it. You, know. you can only get so erect. Oh, uh, you know. I, plus, we did that um, Starlink game, which I haven't played. But Starlink's you good. This is what I mean. So they're capable of doing a space game. They are. Um, Starlink was legit good. Uh, they also did the Mario and Rabbids, which is amazing. Yeah. Turn-based, um, that turn-based Star Wars. It's, um, oh man, Star Wars Tactics game. Yeah. I'd be on board for that. Um, yeah. Yeah, they, I think uh, of all of the big publishers, the big three, I guess, mm. um, they would be the one that would do something interesting with it. Yeah. I'll yeah. give it to Naughty Dog, Last of Us Star Wars. Uh, but that would have to be like a PlayStation exclusive, wouldn't it? And I don't yeah. Think. Don't think Disney would be happy with that. They want as many people as possible to buy their game. True. Just give it to Nintendo. Yeah. Be Nintendo exclusive. Right. Should we bring the shambles to a close? We'll bring the short show of. Well, it's not episode. been short. We've that's gone for an hour. hour. Well, that's pretty reasonable. Yeah, we've been chatting. It's away. reasonable. I thought it would be. I thought it'd be done in like half an hour because I had all to talk about, and then I just start rambling and you don't stop me. No, I just let you continue. Yeah, you need to. You need to learn to stop me. When I'm talking shit. Let's let let your foot go down cul-de-sacs. Okay, thanks. Sorry, I'll edit. I'll edit myself. Housing terms. There you go. (laughs) Yeah. Boo. (laughs) Speaking of housing, Dan House is leaving. um, Take not take two. Bloody Rockstar. That's pretty nuts. Yeah. Founding guy leaving. Don't know what he's going to do next. Duh. Maybe he's gonna make his own electric car company and start sending rockets up into space like Elon Musk. Maybe he just wants to go retire and play GTA Six. You start calling people pedos on Twitter. 
yeah. Yeah, maybe like the dude could happily just retire. Yeah. He could have retired a long time ago. The, but I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what he does. Maybe he'll just go and make movies, which is kind of what he's been trying to do in his games, kind of, for a long time now. Um, just better scripts. Yeah. Just get someone else to write them. Anyway. Um, yeah. Head awesome. over to the YouTube channel if you want. Um, got a video up there of me and Connor chatting about Wipeout Omega Collection. Um, Wipeout is good. The Omega Collection is like the best collection of those Wipeout games. So go and check that out. Um, head over to Twitter, at LapsGamer. Messages on there. Uh, that's about it. Yep, we do have a website. We no, we just want to talk about it. Because <laughs> we haven't done anything on it. Not for a while. Not, yeah, not for a while. Um, we'll just mention it when we've actually written something for it. Yeah. That's why yeah. we call us lapsed gamers. Lapsed writers. Lapsed gamer writers. Yeah. Mm. Um, I've got an excuse. I'm buying a house and I've got a new job. Two kids. Yeah. And right. the house. All right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll raise you. All right. You win. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah. Thanks so much for listening. And Thank we'll you. catch you on the next episode, which may possibly be a special one because it'll be 150. Uh, Technically, 150 is probably about 158 or so. Well, it is on my um, Podbean app here. Uh, it says that this episode will be. Where is it? God damn it. I've lost it. Um, this next episode will be. Um, well, technically, last episode was, was our 150th episode. Was it? Yeah. Oh, right. According to Podbean, but it's not. <sighs> but it was an episode one fifty because we had like an episode zero, and there was something else in there as well. Yeah, but when we had all these specials, didn't we? Do you remember we were doing all these ones that were numbered? They were numbered. They were all numbered. They were numbered. Didn't realize. Oh. Yeah, but uh, there was something else that wasn't, uh, and then we did an episode zero. Yeah. So, yeah, next next episode will be the 150th numbered episode of Laps Gamer Radio, and we'll try and do something special, but no promises. Yeah, well, so we can call whatever episode we want 150. We could have 150, and we have to, one after that could be 150. Yeah. We could just confuse people. No, let's not. Let's not. Because remember, Colm listens to this. and Oh, yes. He's easily confused. Oh, but he's happy, to, he's happy today. He scored at Blood Bowl. Oh, uh, okay. He got a one-all draw. <laughs> He's happy with the score draw, is he? Yeah, he is. He was quite, he was quite pleased on the chat. He's like, I scored, I scored. <laughs> I can imagine him running around his living room. Probably. And he's, uh, Grabbing Irish. his wife. Come yeah. look what I did. <laughs> look what Bless I did. him. All right. Yeah, we'll see you on the next episode. Yeah. So long. Ta-ra.